The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. And are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. Our show today is about 50 Shades of Spicy Hot Sex and the BDSM Lifestyle. We're so excited to announce that we have the perfect guests on our show today to talk about BDSM. We have Sunny Megatron and her husband, Ken. Sex with Sunny Megatron is a hit TV series on Showtime, playing currently, and has been around the globe. So, what is BDSM, bondage, domination, kink, fetish? What kind of equipment do we need for flogging, tickling, touching? Who's on top? Who's on the bottom? So many questions. And if you're not sure about what Fifty Shades is all about, then you're in for a show today. Join us for our sexy discussion with BDSM experts, educators, Sunny Megatron and her husband, Ken Melvin Berg. You don't want to miss this, especially after we read her post on Facebook earlier today. (laughs) Again, even more entries to last week's contest from our Valentine's Day show, All About Sex Toys. Erica and Crystal from Doc Johnson, they selected some special giveaways last week. Mm -hmm. It was the iVibe iPlay Vibrator and Buzz Liquid Vibrator Gel. And the winner is... C and J from Florida. Well, congratulations to C and J. Now, you know, we love giving stuff away. So thanks for everybody for entering. And remember, even if you're listening on demand, you can still enter our contest at any time. And stay tuned for our Great Sex Matters segment today near the end of the show, because we have three special gifts to give away from Kink by Doc Johnson. Right. So listen, we went to the opening night of Fifty Shades Yes, Darker. we did. It was our Friday night outing. Woohoo! But we went early so that we could see the kind of crowd that the movie was pulling in. Our local cinema was packed with women. Women. Of all ages. Not too many men. Mostly groups of ladies came in, lots of young girls, and a handful of couples. It was obviously an activity for a girls' night out. Yeah, and we had read that the sequel, you know, Fifty Shades Darker, which earned only $21.5 million (laughs) on the first day, actually was 30% less than the original movie, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. 
and the critics had a field day. And so did Sunny. Wait till you hear what she has to say <laughs> a little bit later. And, you know, we weren't expecting a good movie, so we weren't disappointed. The truth is, we actually enjoyed the sequel a, bit, a, bit, a little bit more than the original. We found the sex a little bit hotter. Right. And just as the trailers had promised, there was a lot of steamy, hot sex scenes. Unfortunately, we saw them all in the trailer. You were squirming in your seat. <laughs> yes, definitely. I got a little bit squirmy at some point. And we were laughing because, surprisingly, there was one particularly sexually awkward moment with the Kegel balls, balls that they got a laugh-out-loud response from the audience. There were some giddy girls sitting next to us laughing out loud. And it wasn't a comedy. <laughs> well, we laughed, too. You know, we we hadn't read the book, so we didn't really know what the storyline was, um, but it was really absolute crap, as we expected. And we're not huge fans of Jamie Dornan or Dakota Johnson, but like many others, it was a bit of curiosity that, and a fun night out that we decided to go to the movies. As it turned out, the best part of the movie was the soundtrack. Yeah, and there was a lot of good music. The music was awesome, and the sex scenes, I have to say, were pretty hot. Yeah, I think so. Well, the fun part for us is talking about the movie. You know, we're we're always talking about movies because we wrote a movie script ourselves. It's Called about, Sex, Love, and Jealousy. Right. It's Hopefully about, coming out next year. It's about the swinging lifestyle. So we always talk together about character development for every movie that we watch. And we like to talk about how we would have set up the characters if we were writing the movie ourselves. Exactly. And in the case of Anastasia Steele, I really think that we probably would have made her a much stronger female role. And we would have made her more independent and more assertive in the bedroom. Yeah, and we can't help but talk about how it would have been so much more interesting if they had made Christian Grey a submissive instead of a sadist. Mm -hmm. That would have put a whole new twist on the character instead of him being that typical dominant male that we see in every romance movie. But of course, we had a lot of fun reviewing the sex scenes because, you know, they were made to be hot and yet they, they still kept them at an R rating and not an NC-17. And we thought they actually did a good job with the sex scenes because that's what we're looking to do for our movie. Mm -hmm. We want nice hot scenes, but not over the R rating. Mm -hmm. And we found that her expressions in particular were, were well done. Especially when they put those balls up her pussy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think she's a good actor. Yeah, not so much. But anyways, we thought that was well done. Imagine if they put them up her ass. <laughs> that would have been fun. You know, the most important aspect of the Fifty Shades phenomenon is that it gets people talking about sex. And, you know, every one of our shows, we talked about communication, communication, and getting people talking, which is a great thing. And mostly women watched the movie, so hopefully they went home and told their husbands or boyfriends about their favorite scenes. And that in itself is a great way to get that sexy conversation started. Well, and I think, I hope anyways, that all that sex talk would translate in the bedroom into better sex. And of course, that's what it's all about because great sex matters. And we all deserve it. So, you know, it certainly would have been great if somehow they used this amazing platform and popularity to give women permission to have sexual pleasure with no strings attached. Absolutely. That would have been awesome. But anyways, I still think that movies like this, Fifty Shades, will continue to open people's minds, encourage dialogue about sexual pleasure, and maybe someday change the perspective of sex in our culture. Eventually, movies like this will make a sex-positive impact on the next generation of young women. Alrighty, so now that we got that out of the way, 
we are going to introduce our very special guests joining us live from Chicago. So we're so excited to have with us today the superheroes of sex ed, married couple, Sonny Megatron and Ken Melvin Berg. Hang, hang on a second. Why does Sonny get a superhero name and Ken doesn't? I think they're both superheroes. All right, go on. Okay. We'll ask in them. every sense of the word, they are partners. And in addition to co-producing Showtime's Sex with Sonny Megatron, they initially gained the recognition of from writing and teaching about everyone's favorite subject, sex. Yeah. And so for those of you who don't know, in Showtime's original series, Sex with Sonny Megatron, Sonny takes viewers on a journey into the world of adult play as everyday people expose their deepest and most intimate fantasies, you know, always in the most honest, funny and sex positive way. And the show provides an interesting and fresh twist on sex, sexual exploration. So welcome, Sonny and Ken. And we're so glad that you could join us today. Hello, we're so Thanks glad to be having. here. Thank you for having us on. Our Yay. pleasure. And, you know, before we get into talking about uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, we're going to go back a couple of years when we first met in a junkyard <laughs> on <laughs> the set of Sex with Sunny Megatron, which for us was an absolutely wild experience. And, you know, we got really close up and personal with you guys when we did the fantasy show Um uh, episode eight, which was the finale of your Sex with Sunny Megatron series. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, really a that lot was, of fun. You guys were amazing, first of all. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, that was one of my favorite segments. I almost needed. I think I almost needed a raincoat for Carol's uh, <laughs> happy expression towards the end. Oh yes. yeah, her squirting <laughs> was, was like definitely a, a highlight show, of the right? show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that entire series, The Sex with Sunny Megatron, was all about fantasies and pushing boundaries and trying new things. It was very entertaining and, of course, educational. So what kind of impact have you seen from your fans or students coming from your show? You know, it is amazing to me that it's done sort of what you said Fifty Shades of Grey is doing is starting the conversation. I think we dive a little bit more into the meat of the conversation as well, um, but we'll, we'll get to the Fifty Shades later. Uh, but there are people that uh, reach out to us saying that it's helped their relationship. They now feel more comfortable divulging their fantasy to their partners to even, you know, crying to us saying it's actually saved their marriage or, wow. you know, it's turned their lives around. It's been amazing. The impact has been just awe-inspiring. Yeah. Anytime you get people talking about sex, uh, we had a show where we encouraged people to just talk about sex in the bedroom and that in itself will lead to more and better sex. Absolutely. And yeah, I know it went around the world. Your show mm-hmm. has been shown in Australia and in Italy. Yes, it's all over Portugal, Brazil. It's amazing. Wow, that's very Spain, great. Italy, Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, yes, exactly. Cool. All, all right, good. let's get into the nitty gritty now. So, like you, we had a chance to watch Fifty Shades Darker, read up about the BDSM lifestyle, watch your videos, and you know, we noticed quite a few different terms and words that we don't hear every day. So, before we get into the whole discussion, how about if you clarify, you know, the the what does BDSM stand for? Kink, dominatrix, fetish, a scene. Just just quickly go through those terms. Okay, well, BDSM is is a good place to start. It's an acronym that actually means six things. It is 
the umbrella over everything kinky. So the B and D is bondage and discipline. The D and S is domination and submission. And the S and M is sadomasochism. So basically mm-hmm. under that umbrella, it's all the things you could possibly do if you consider yourself quote unquote kinky from, you know, tying each other up or being tied up to pain to, um, you know, psychological power play. It's all embroiled in that acronym. And the thing about BDSM is people falsely assume that if you're someone who's into BDSM, you have to like all of the letters of that acronym. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. There are pen- plenty of people who, let's say, for example, they very much enjoy the bondage aspect, the tying up, but they're not into pain. So many people say to me, well, you know, I think I, I would be into BDSM, except I don't like pain. So I guess I'm not kinky. And that's not true. It can be whatever you want it to be. Cool. I, so I would add to that that Sonny and I have actually ahead. developed a system to help uh, rate people um, in what their interests are in BDSM by taking a different approach, and we call it our rough BS system. Now, what we do is we ask people on a scale of 1 to 10 how much they like to be restrained, how much they like to be owned by another person, how much they like to be used sexually by another person, how much they like to be given away uh, to another person, how much they like to be humiliated, how much they like to be beaten, and how much they like to serve others. So you'll notice that all but two of those are completely non-ouchy. So it may be somebody who wants to serve their husband by just simply being given away to another person sexually. Or their wife. Wow. (laughs) Well, yeah, excellent. Now, I always hear the word kink, BDSM used together. Are they interchangeable or does one mean, can you explain how kink is associated with BDSM? You know, it depends on who you ask. The, The terms kink, BDSM, even, you know, fetish play are superimposed upon each other. I've given you the technical definition of BDSM. The technical definition of a kink is something that turns you on sexually that um, is outside of the norm. So if you look at the norm in our somewhat suppressed North American society, Mm, that might be lights off missionary position, maybe for, fake your orgasm. Don't look each other in the eye because that's just way too intimate. We don't talk about <laughs> sex. Um, yeah. And if that's the, the norm in our society, then everybody's got a kink or two. Everybody's mm-hmm. a little bit kinky. Um, yeah, if you are, by dictionary definition, trying to define the term a fetish, a fetish is something that turns you on sexually that isn't normally a sexual thing. And by many people's definitions, whatever your fetish is, you oftentimes have to have included in your sex play to even get aroused. So for some people, that might be feet. We've heard of foot yeah. fetish. It could be a type of material. Maybe people really get off on the feel of latex or leather, that okay. sort of thing. So those are, are fetishes. And even though we've used the dictionary definitions, when you hear these terms thrown about in common conversation, oftentimes people interchange their meanings. Right, exactly. So I just want you to hold on to that thought, and we're going to talk about dungeons and scenes when we come back, but we are going to take a short break. We're going to continue with Sunny Megatron and her husband, Ken. Those are experts and educators about BDSM lifestyle, but don't go away. We have a lot more questions to ask our guests, and we'll be right back after this short break.
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Second Wind Success, hosted by Gene Carino, is all about helping boomers catch their second wind in business and life. Most of us achieve our greatest success after the age of 50. Life has a learning curve with a few stumbling blocks along the way. As long as you stay committed to your vision and adapt along the way, you'll find the success you're looking for. Tune in to Second Wind Success every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. You count. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Are listening to the sexy lifestyle with carol and david got a burning question or comment about today's show call us at 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next now back to this week's show all right, everybody, welcome back. We are, as you know, Carol and David, and we've started our discussion about BDSM and the lifestyle with our two celebrity guests, Sunny Megatron and her husband, Ken, who doesn't have a superhero name, but <laughs> I'll have to get into that another time. Both of them together co-produced the hit TV series on Showtime, Sex with Sunny Megatron. And as we learned earlier on the show, BDSM stands for Bondage and Discipline. Uh, dominant, submissive, and sadomasochism. I think I learned something new today. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we're going to get into the nitty gritty now. So, you know, in our opening segment, we talked about all of us going to see the movie. And now we're going to ask Sunny and Ken about the story, about the Red Room. And, you know, why don't we start, um, and we only have an hour, Sunny, about, you know, can you explain... <laughs> Can you explain if Fifty Shades Darker portrays the BDSM lifestyle accurately? And our show is uncensored, so just let it go. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> now, I have to say, though, before I, because I have some very choice words about this movie, both as just a piece of art and 
you know, how it portrays BDSM. I absolutely understand that people read Fifty Shades of Grey or saw the movies and it turned them on and got them curious about kink. And that is a-okay. It's a fantasy. It's awesome. And I, I see a lot of educators almost BDSM shaming people, acting very elitist, like, well, that's not the right way to do BDSM. I can't believe that you like that movie or those books. And that's not cool. What turns you on turns you on. And we're educators here to help people translate the fantasy that they saw in, in the, the Fifty Shades series and translate that into something that can actually work in their real life. Cool. And I might so, add to that that um, yeah. one of the things that we always uh, purport as educators is that I think people are smart enough to know the difference. You don't watch Fast and the Furious to learn how to drive, and you don't watch Fifty Shades of Grey to learn how to BDSM or have sex. There you I mean, go. It's and just that's ridiculous a- to think otherwise. I think people are smarter. Or have than a that. healthy relationship, but that's a whole another you know conversation. Yeah, that's a whole other. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that. So what I was going to ask you is the look and the feel of the red room that we see on that sh- on that movie. How does that represent a dungeon for most of us, or for most of people who would in the BDSM that, lifestyle? In the BDSM lifestyle, exactly. Uh, Tony, let me take this one for just a second. From a production yeah. design point of view, I think they did a pretty good job. Um, okay. When you take a look, at, and it doesn't look like a typical dungeon. It looks like a fancy high-end dungeon, which I guess is what um, supposed to be. You know, he would actually have, being a wealthy person that owns helicopters and multiple houses all over the world. Right. Uh, it's a very typical dungeon in that aspect. There's a St. Andrew's cross in the room. There's spreader bars, floggers, whips restraints of all sorts. Those are all things that you would normally have. Plus it looked like he had a pretty good selection of sex toys mm-hmm. and all of that was normal. I, uh, you know, Sonny, what did you think about that? Yeah, I think that um, when it comes to the portrayal of BDSM in the movies, the red room was by far the most accurate portrayal of what you said a high end dungeon would look like. Um, how he uses the equipment and what he does with it. That's a different story, but yeah, that is in a typical dungeon. Mm-hmm. We asked one of the questions, why didn't he use more of the stuff that was there? You know, he used uh, the Benoit balls, which were like, who cares? Um, the right. spreader bar. He put on the handcuffs for 30 seconds till he decided to take him off, go down on her and fuck her. So, you know, why, why wouldn't they have used more things? What would you have liked to see them use? I would have liked to see, yeah, I mean, basically the spanking scene was he slaps her four times, then they have sex. The the BDSM, the way it was portrayed in the movie, was a very poor attempt, I guess, at sort of foreplay, and then it was like, let's just have regular old sex. So yeah, I, I would have a question. Do either of you play golf by any chance? <laughs> no, we actually don't play golf. <laughs> okay. If you, but you understand that like the in golf, there's a big bag full of clubs of all different sorts. What they were right. doing was playing golf with a putter the entire game. Oh, oh, so they didn't, an, their wood, they didn't use their drivers. They didn't use anything except for a putter, which is the most basic thing that you have for the most simple effect. But one of the, you know, note, the things that get, I noted myself was that he never took off his pants. He was always like fucking her with his pants on. He would just unzip and do her. You know, was that just me or did everybody not want to see his butt? Like, I was waiting for that. I, you know what? I didn't notice that. But now that you say it, you're right. Yeah. There's only one scene where. I it was something with the actor's contract. (laughs) That's pretty bad. He did one scene, though. So they had a one one butt contract. Yes. One one butt. Exposure. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, So let's move on. 
And tell us a little bit how the whole Fifty Shades series has created a need for your BDSM workshops. And what are you teaching them a little bit? And and who can benefit from your workshops? Well, people watch Fifty Shades of Grey. And as you said, it's by and large um, heterosexual women that are interested in being in the submissive role tend to be the people that flop to this story. And it opens up the conversation. It has brought 50 Shades. They talk about it on morning news programs. People talk about it over Christmas dinner with their grandmas. (laughs) So it started that conversation. It has made it okay to talk about the fantasies that a lot of these women have deep down, but they think are weird or not okay. It's brought that conversation up. And luckily, I found a lot of people do realize okay, the movie has made me realize that I I like this kind of stuff, but I don't know where to begin, so now I'm going to seek out education. And that's where we come in. Okay. And what could they actually learn in your BDSM classes? What is it that they're going to get? Well, there's a a whole lot. I I think the first thing is to understand that BDSM at its core is not about sex. And that usually drops a lot of jaws. BDSM, first and foremost, is not about the, as I say, physical fuck, but it's the mind fuck. They say that mm-hmm. um, your, your biggest sexual organ is the brain. That's mm-hmm. very much the same thing in BDSM, if not even more so. So there's an analogy that we use that when you're setting up a BDSM scene, in, in this hypothetical situation, I'm the dominant, I'm setting up a scene for my submissive, I am the designer, I'm the engineer of a roller coaster. And we negotiate. And my submissive tells me I like corkscrew turns and dark tunnels, but I don't like three loops in a row or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I take the specs that they give me. I go by myself and I design a roller coaster for them, an emotional roller coaster. It may or may not include physical or sexual activity, depending on what we negotiate. And it's my job to make the specs that they've given me, to put them together in a way where it feels like a complete surprise. To that submissive. I want them to feel not like they're on a very controlled roller coaster that I've designed, but like they're on a runaway car. They don't know what's coming next. That's the excitement. It gets the adrenaline going. It gets the endorphins going. And that's what's at the core of BDSM. Now, I I just had a quick question and it brought to my mind when you say you made this hypothetical story with your submissive. Is your submissive always your partner, like your married partner, or do you use multiple submissives? It, it, we have multiple us, submissive we have because, multiple. oh, go ahead, sweetheart. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I, I was going to say, we're both dominants. So this is something that makes oh. our relationship just a little bit different. Uh, we both have our own submissives and we play with people together as well. But Sonny started off as a submissive, as did I, years ago, because we're both, I think, of the mind that you have to know what something feels like to yourself before you do it to another person. Right. Uh, we just found out that we're both naturally top, so it's easier for us to find somebody to top together. And to be honest, she's way more cruel than I am in a lot of ways. <laughs> so I might, <laughs> and she's as submissive with a slingshot. Sonny will say, why don't we put the gummy bears in the freezer? She's that. <laughs> that's hilarious. So, so, you know, that's a great segue into my next question. So Carol and I are swingers. We've been swingers for nine years. And, you know, in the swinging lifestyle, it's all about sex. 
okay? You're going in there, you're going to a party, you're doing whatever you have to do, and at the end of the evening, you want to fuck, you want to have a party, you want to have an orgy, it's all about sex. What I just heard mm-hmm. from you guys is that in the BDSM lifestyle, it's not necessarily about that sexual intercourse and um, in- interaction, it's a little bit more of the touchy, feely, foreplay, teasing part of it. Mind fuck. Mind fuck. So Mm -hmm. my question is, is there a connection between swinging and BDSM? Or non-monogamy? You know, it it really depends on who you're talking to, what their situation is. The thing about BDSM is it's assumed that everyone in the, the BDSM lifestyle has an open relationship or that you have to be poly or swingers. You can absolutely be monogamous, be with your same partner for years upon years and be just as kinky as the next person. Wow. Um, you can, you can even some, be asexual. Right. No. right. One of the there other are plenty things. of people in the kink community who are asexual. They just... They don't get turned on sexually. That's not their thing. Um, but they very much enjoy the mental aspect and the physical sensation, the non-sexual physical sensation that you can do with BDSM. So it, it's still, there is an aspect of non-monogamy, like certainly in your relationship, because you just told us that you have multiple subs. So right. that, that's considered non-monogamy, I, I'm guessing. Absolutely, absolutely. You can okay. you can be kinky and be non-monogamous, and you can also be kinky and be monogamous. It's just your particular relationship style. Ours happens to be non-monogamous. Okay, so I just have one quick question because we watched your videos today, and we were I saw in your videos that you were talking about the power exchange between the sub and the dom, and I know you you haven't got there yet. But my question, and maybe you can tell us all about it, is who gets the pleasure? The dom or the sub? Oh, both. Oh, okay. And can you explain um, it a little bit further? Yes. There's been actually a number of studies recently uh, about BDSM, which is great that these things are being funded now, and we're we're studying what happens to the brain when people engage in these um, dominant-submissive relationships. But there is something that is called subspace, a, um, a state of consciousness that the submissive oftentimes will go into when they're embroiled in a BDSM scene. And from a scientific standpoint, they've done studies on it. There are definite, definite chemical changes in the brain. It's akin to something that we might feel when we do yoga or, or in a meditative state. They also compare it to the marathon runners, get the runners high. It's the same sort of thing that's going on with us physiologically. And the same can be said for people who are in, who are dominant. We go through something called top space or flow. Um, they've measured cortisol levels in people who are dominant that definitely change when they're in the midst of a scene. So there's a lot going on there for both parties. So there's both there's pleasure on both sides of the coin. So you're just going to hold on to that thought for a second. We're going to take another short break, and we're going to continue with our discussion about BDSM in a few minutes. Remember to go to our website, carolandavid.com, and enter for your chance to win this week's giveaway. Three things this week. From Kink by Doc Johnson. Stay tuned for more Sexy Talk. When we come back, we're going to play the sexy myth-busting game with Sunny Megatron and Ken, so don't go away. We will be right back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Call us at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com. And we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. So welcome back, everyone. We are Carol and David, and we've been talking with our celebrity guest, Sunny Megatron, and her husband, Ken, about the BDSM lifestyle. Sunny and Ken are experts and educators and, of course, co-producers of the hit TV series on Showtime, Sex with Sunny Megatron. All right, guys. Are you ready to play the sexy myth-busting game? We are ready. Okay. All right. No holds barred here. Carol, you go first. I'm going to start with the first myth. Um, You're either vanilla or kinky in bed. Mm. I would say that. I'm going to say mess on that one. Yeah, I would say balls. I would say that's a myth, too. Okay. Go ahead, Wyatt. And I think it has more to do with the level of experience. There's plenty of people that aren't kinky until they find out that they can be or give themselves permission to be. Mm -hmm. So it depends on level of experience is one thing. Now, that's not to say that everybody that knows how to spank someone or how to do a sexy BDSM scenario or be a swinger is going to do that. But um, you'll find that there is a pretty good mixture of people that were vanilla at one time that end up being some of the kinkiest people you'll ever meet. <laughs> and also, also sometimes I'm vanilla on Tuesday and kinky on Saturday. You it got can it. Absolutely. From day to day. And yeah. we have the right to do that. That's for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's the next one. 
there is something inherently wrong or damaged with people who are into the BDSM lifestyle. False. Absolutely false. <laughs> yeah, there, there, again, you know, bringing up some of the studies, there was a, a study done by the International Society for Sexual Medicine um, in 2013 about the, char- the psychological characteristics of BDSM practitioners. And basically what they concluded is people in the BDSM community are just, as well adjusted as their non-kinky counterparts, it's not actually slightly more mentally well adjusted. And I know you wanted to make a point about the Fifty Shades Grey where he shows that this guy, Christian Grey, is fucked up from his childhood. That's not the type of people who are normally into BDSM is what I think you told us, right? Exactly. I mean, you know, basically if you take a cross-section of people into BDSM, they're going to very closely represent a cross-section of just kind of your default population. So there are going to be some people who are messed up or maybe using BDSM for the wrong reasons or not necessarily psychologically healthy. But there are plenty of people that are just like you and me that aren't doing it because they're quote-unquote messed up. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Okay. All right, so we just spoke about this on the break. Go ahead, Carol. So here's a, here's a myth. Men are always dominant and women are always submissive. Very false. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead, Sonny, you take this one. Um, it, you know, it's all based on personality. There are plenty of people who are, are female dominants or femdoms. I am a female dominant. I think as... Uh, women, society often tells us we need to be in the submissive role, and that isn't necessarily correct. And there are plenty of men as well that they very much enjoy living out the submissive part of themselves because in our society, they're expected to be masculine, and, and being in the submissive role is kind of taboo. So it's now, cathartic to live that out. I, I, I read something um, online that said certain couples practice something called the switch where they go dip both opposite ways both ways absolutely there are yep. some people who are dominant all the time some are submissive all the time and some switch back and forth depending on their mood or what their chemistry is with the particular partner that they're with people can be both dominant and submissive in different situations yeah i'd exactly. also add that if you take a look at professional dominatrixes you will yep. find less than five percent of them are male Mm. The majority okay. of the majority of pro doms are almost exclusively female. Oh, interesting. Cool. Okay, here's another one. BDSM is all about floggers, whips, and chains. False. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a roll here. Yeah. Um, BDSM is all about what you want to make it about. You can be just as kinky in your leather pants and high heels as you can in your beat up cotton nightgown from Old Navy. You don't uh-huh. have to have the fancy things. You don't have to include pain. It's what you make it. Excellent. Cool. All right. Here's another one. I love this one. The BDSM requires you to be an expert with respect to ropes and tying knots. Now, that, <laughs> I would, you know what, though, there is something to be said for having an extreme amount of knowledge when doing rope bondage. Um, just because you're doing it across nerves and arteries and you can hurt people if you try to do suspensions. 
you don't have to be an expert at all, but you do have to know what you're doing before doing suspension rope uh, work. Right. Now, but you now, don't, we, we were, you don't we, have to include rope in your play at all, though. I hate rope. I can't right, stand mm-hmm. it. I can't tie a knot to save my life, and I just don't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, we were on a trip uh, to Desire in Cancun, which is a, a lifestyle resort, and there was a bunch of um, BDSM people there, and it seemed like they were there was an art to tying, and they were admiring each other's knot tying and how they got it around the woman and through this. And is, is that like something that's that's shown at BDSM parties or events? Can you take this Yeah, um, rope bondage people are kind of their own animal. Uh, where you know, like we're, for example, in the swinging communities, um, one of the different fetishes that you'll find there quite commonly is cuckolding. Um, mm-hmm. This is something that you find as sort of a, a subsection of swinging and BDSM people, much as rope experts are the same. They're a very small percentage of the people that are involved with it, but they get very intricate because there's all sorts of knots. There's the patterns that are actually left behind after you take the ropes off. There's oh, the right. different kinds of suspension. So it's a very, very segmented uh, form of BDSM where it's very specific. So you'll have some people that are experts in, like, suspension where they're hanging somebody from a ceiling, other ones where they're experts in tying up themselves as opposed to tying up another person, Uh or they may be an expert just in, like, making the rope itself and dyeing it and, like, making all sorts of fancy detail in the rope itself. Oh, interesting. Okay, so here's another myth. Even if you have a safe word, BDSM itself is not safe. Well, this this is complex. I would say on the surface, that's false. However, walking out your door isn't safe. <laughs> right? Okay, walking yes. across your living room isn't safe. Can you guarantee something is 100% safe even if you've taken all the precautions? Not necessarily. Right. If you are involved in 101 level BDSM that doesn't incorporate risky things that we call edge play, odds are you're probably going to be pretty safe. Does that mean accidents don't happen? Well, accidents happen. There are other people that involve themselves in more advanced level BDSM, often called edge play. That's where there are inherent risks involved. All parties do whatever they can to be as knowledgeable as possible about what they're doing to minimize all risks that they can, but also being responsible for the fact that sometimes unexpected things happen and sometimes accidents happen. Mm-hmm. But the safe words are important. Oh, safe words are very important. Um, communication is important in right. general, whether you use a formalized safe word or your safe word is just, hey, stop that. Okay. Um, listening to your partner and being receptive and negotiating and making sure everything is consensual on all parties' parts is important. Okay. And, and isn't that the basis of a great relationship in general, that good communication, good listening, and, you know, being there and being connected? Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are cornerstones of BDSM. You know, consent, negotiation, good communication, knowing your partner, just being a decent person in general and being good at relationships. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right. One of the Here's basic a... of... Oh, go ahead. No, go, no, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, Ken. I was going to say one of the basic tenets of BDSM is to be safe, sane, and consensual. So safety is something that is the first thing on our minds whenever we do anything with BDSM, because if it's not safe, we generally speaking don't do it. 
Excellent. All right. So here's another myth, and uh, don't laugh. When the scene is completed, the humiliated partner wants to run away and hide in shame. No. No. No, that's false. That, if, if that's the case, um, unless that's an outcome that they both mutually agreed that they wanted to happen, have happened at the end, and that misery is what's making them actually happy, that's okay. But at the end of a BDSM scene, everyone should be happy and satisfied with the outcome. Yeah. Excellent. We say the same thing about, you know, when we're in a swingers orgy, our favorite is foursomes and morsoms. You know, you go home with your partner and you say, wow, that was amazing. We had such a good time. Yeah, that's what makes exactly. it fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think we have one time for one more myth. How about this one here? BDSM lifestyle fulfills a lot of common sexual fantasies like being restrained, blindfolded, or spanked. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, is this a trick? <laughs> no, okay, no, 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 no. You can say you can say that's true. Yeah, I mean, it it can definitely fulfill those things if it can basically fulfill whatever you want it to fulfill. If there's a certain role play or a very specific fantasy or fetish that you want to have fulfilled, you negotiate that with your partner, and you can make almost anything happen. And I think Being those involved particular in BDSM fantasies is like having a PhD in something where you can use a PhD and be a doctor of metallurgy. You can be a doctor of medicine. You can be a doctor of music. And it's the same thing with BDSM and that there are a lot of subspecialties. So that makes it lend itself to almost anybody's kink, fetish or desires. There's just a lot of openness and room to play with it. Excellent. Great. Very, very good explanation. Okay, well, that was great. So I think it's time for another short break. So stay tuned for our, our final topic today, Great Sex Matters. We'll be talking about how David experienced a Fifty Shades lighter, mm-hmm. not darker. So don't go far. We're going to be right back with our celebrity guest, Sunny Megatron, and her husband, Ken. See you soon. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Why do some people seemingly make the same mistakes when it comes to love and relationships? What is the best way to find love? Make a visit each week to Destination Love. Host Shelley Pumphrey will bring what you need to know to find love. No, it's not about the next fad, dating site tips, scoring the first date, or looking your best. Rather, it's empowerment, knowing that your authentic self works best and the science behind finding love. Destination Love is live Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Variety. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. 
Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Call us at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com. And we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. All right. We're back with uh, Sunny and uh, Ken. And, you know, I always say this is one of our favorite parts of the show, but, you know, all the whole show has been absolutely amazing talking to Sonny and Ken about BDSM. And this is the part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because great sex matters and you deserve it. Great Sex Matters is sponsored by Doc Johnson, America's pleasure products, who are providing the sex toys for our weekly giveaway. This week's prize is on point for today's topic from Kink by Doc Johnson. We have three great items to give away, an 18-inch silicone flogger. 18 inches? A nipple sucker set. Oh, my goodness. And bondage rope that we were just talking about. So check out all the details of the Kinky Combo Kit as featured products on our website at carolandavid.com. And remember to enter the contest even if you're listening on demand. All right. So we've been having some really fun, kinky BDSM discussions with Sonny and Ken. And talking about everything related to BDSM, Fifty Shades Darker. And, you know, as we always talk about spicing up your sex life and living happy, healthy, and horny, we are not suggesting that our couples should just jump in and start practicing BDSM today. Absolutely not. As we learn from Sunny and Ken, it takes a, a whole lot of good communication, preparation, negotiation, and education before you start. All right, Sunny. So, you know, we were watching your BDSM 101 videos today, and we really Mm -hmm. learned a lot, especially on the first one, where you were saying that a lot of people are doing BDSM, and they don't even know it. Well, that's exactly what happened on David's 50th birthday, which was four years ago. Um, He knew I was organizing a swinger party for him because he asked me for five women on his 50th birthday. But he also asked me if he could be restrained with handcuffs. Yeah, that was always one of my fantasies to be held down, blindfolded and, you know, just not know what exactly was going on. It was a bit of like Fifty Shades Lighter. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but that's part of BDSM and we didn't even know it. So that's just so cool. Absolutely. I'd be, you know, it's amazing how many people say to me, you know, oh, I like a little slap on the ass or like you, I like to be blindfolded and and tied up. But I'm not into that freaky, kinky stuff. Actually, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we soon Even found that out. Even playing with food as part of the wet and messy uh, sensation play BDSM group. So, oh. like, there's some people that just like playing with food and sex and having chocolate syrup all over their tits and having somebody lick it off. That's a form of BDSM. 
Oh, interesting. And what about that tickler thing? Does that is that part of it too? Because when David was tied up, we actually blindfolded him and we got a tickler out. Okay. Is that Oh yeah, that's sensation play. That's uh which can be painful or pleasurable or anywhere in between, but it's just something that feels fun and different on the skin, especially in erogenous zones. Uh-huh. I think one of the big the big misconceptions is that all BDSM has to be dark and brooding and punishing mm-hmm. and serious. And it can be light and fun and tickly. We actually like to dress as clowns, and we uh-huh. laugh a lot when we wow. play. It's not mm. like anything you'd see in Fifty Shades of Grey. And that's okay. You can, no. you can fine-tune it to your personality. Exactly. Uh, all right. So we're coming up to the end of the show, and we're going to leave it to you guys um, to close the show with what you guys know best. So we're going to give you a couple of minutes, and if you had one piece of advice to a newbie, somebody who hasn't done anything in BDSM before, starting in it, what would it be and how would they go about it? Mm. Do you want me to start, Ken? Uh, sure, go ahead, sweetheart. Okay, I would say, first and foremost, throw all of your preconceived notions about BDSM out the window. All the, it's supposed to be done this way, or I heard the rules are this and that. Really, the only hard and steadfast rule of BDSM is it needs to be consensual, communicative, negotiated, as Ken said, you know, safe, sane, and consensual, but all the other details are yours to make up. So, experiment. Look at the sampler platter. Be open-minded. Maybe you want to be submissive. Maybe you want to be dominant. And maybe you don't know yet, and that's all okay. Um, Whatever you want is normal and fine. Great. And Ken, do you have something to add? Yeah, I sure do. I've been, this is uh, my 21st year as a BDSM sex educator. And the one consistent that I found is that the thing that helps newbies the most is going to these events that are called munches. Uh, this is like a meetup in a restaurant that you just go with your regular clothes. There's nothing leather or latex involved. And it's just at a local coffee house or at a bar. And you get together and meet with people from the BDSM community, but in a very safe vanilla setting so that you can find out where the foot fetishes hang out. Another part mm-hmm. of them might want to find out where the littles go. Somebody else may just be interested in finding out what everything is because they don't know at this point. So it's a good, safe way to get involved with your local community. And they have them in every major city around, the, uh, around North America. Great and advice. how can people find that? Uh, one of the best ways to find them is to go to FetLife.com. That's short for uh-huh. Fetish Lifestyle. And it's sort of like Facebook for kinky perverts into BDSM. Oh, interesting. Okay, so um, thank you very much for that great advice. I think it was wonderful. So I think we're probably going to have to say goodbye very, very soon. So that was really interesting and definitely educational. But before we leave, we would like you guys to tell everybody how people can reach out to you on your website, find your educational videos, sign up for your workshops, or, or follow you on social media. Absolutely. The best place to find us is right at my website, which is sunnymegatron.com. And as you said, we have tons of YouTube videos. So if you just find me on YouTube, I'm Sunny Megatron there. 
You can pick up all of our YouTube videos, educational stuff, etc. Also, very active on Facebook. Uh, again, Sunny Megatron, I'm easy to find. We have lots of great conversations on Facebook and even Twitter and Instagram. Uh, on the website, there's a calendar page, so you can see where we're going to be in teaching. We're teaching a, a class in Chicago in April, a convention in Cleveland in May, and we have a few other places on the docket that we are putting together now. Um, also, uh, probably the easiest way to keep up with us is to just sign up for my newsletter I'm at the top of my website, and you'll be in a loop with everything. Excellent. Great. That's super. So that's it for our show today. We want to thank you one more time. We hope you enjoyed it. A big thank to our celebrity guest, Sunny Megatron, and her husband, Ken Melvin Berg, especially to you for listening. Remember to visit our website, carolyndavid.com, to enter the contest and find out more about the Kinky Combo Set from Kink by Doc Johnson. Enter the contest even if you're listening on demand. You can send us an email at ask at carolyndavid.com with any questions or comments that you might have and tell us what topics you want to hear about next. So join us again next Thursday on The Sexy Lifestyle. Our show is going to be Have It Your Way, all about sexual compatibility with the award-winning Dr. Jess O'Reilly. She's a sexologist, television personality, and award-winning speaker. She's worked with thousands of couples from all over the world to transform their relationships. You won't want to miss it. We are Carol and David reminding you to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next week. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 